Houston. I'm watching the footy. Uh, let's find out which one. G'day, legend. What's going on, mate? Oh, not much. Uh, look, mate, I just, I just got a call from Doc. Um, mate, Ablett's going to be a late withdrawal. He's confirmed Ablett oh, is going to be a late withdrawal. Get to your computer now. Welcome to the Dr. Supercoach podcast round one review. Um, I'm Giri and with me I have Peter. Hey guys. Um, how you doing Peter? How was your uh, round one? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, I scored 2,166 which put me a bit far back at 31,322. Uh, it wasn't an ideal start but it wasn't too bad either. Um, I seem to potentially have picked up an injury with uh, Mitch Robinson, which could cause me to burn an early trade, which I hope he recovers. But uh, worst case scenario, at least there's uh, quite a few good options that we'll talk about later that did pop up throughout the weekend. And uh, how about yourself? How'd you go? Um, well, round one for me is uh, something that I'd uh, rather not talk about. But since we are here on the pod, I'll say that I scored 1,986. Um, and that puts me in the top 45% of the competition. Um, looking at my team, though, uh, I think my score was mainly due to having rookies on the bench and having Tom Rockliffe as my captain. Um, looking at my team, I don't think I'll be in the 80K region for much longer. I think that my promos and mid-prices will come good, and if not, I will be using trades early to correct them. It looks like you're actually last in our admins league, so that must be a pretty depressing sight. Yeah, um, it's not it even is. close. You're you're last by a lot yeah. as well. A lot of ground we, to make we up. Did, we did manage to have an admin get 2,420 with a rank of 206 Ooh. going into round two. So uh, he's definitely done us proud yeah. in round one, and hopefully he can uh, continue. And yeah, there's a couple, couple big scores, and hopefully... Yeah, we can push push through and have another couple top 100 finishes again. Yeah. How did the community team uh, do, Peter? The community team surprisingly did... Well, it's not even surprisingly because it always does pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, scored 2,195, yeah. coming in at 22,945. Yeah. Which is a uh, pretty good showing f- yeah. uh, for round one, I think. Yeah. There's, they had a couple of good picks, the community. They certainly know what's going on. Yeah. They had... Jason Johannesson with a big 130. Yeah. Um, Daniel Rich, 104, yes. which is certainly a good start. Yep. Obviously, the big man Dangerfield dominated, so big 162 to him. Yeah. And um, probably no one else really surprised. Maybe Aaron Hall at 129. They yep. still, um, the community did go with Dustin Martin and Barlow, who both uh, probably underperformed. Yeah. But. 
Papley on the bench, good sign. Um, they nailed a couple more rookies. They had Gresham on the field, which Ooh, is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, look, there was probably about a hundred, just over a hundred benched points in the community team. So definitely a room for improvement. Yeah. Could have definitely scored over two thousand three hundred. Um, looks like another good strong year for the community team. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can uh, improve on our uh, community team rank of last year, which was what forty one. Yeah, I think it was roughly about that. Yeah, so um, I hope we can, uh, well, I hope the community can help us improve on that. Yeah, so if uh, you're listening to this and you were part of the community team last year, thank you. And if you're doing it again this year for us, please keep choosing well because you're definitely on the right track and doing well for us. Yeah. So moving on, there were some big scores from some primos this week. Uh, Do you want to take us through them? Yeah, um, so... Going through the list of uh, premiums, uh, we have, heading the list, we have Josh Kennedy from the Eagles. He put in a monster performance against the Lions and managed to come out with 180. Um, He's not in that many teams, though. Um, So if you picked him, uh, you probably lucked out. Um, But looking at some of the more popular picks, we have Dangerfield. uh, this afternoon against Hawthorne, he put in an excellent showing, uh, and he got 162. Did you have him, Peter? I certainly did have him, and I was very, very happy watching the way he moved and the way he played that game. Yeah, boy, does he look like he's in for a big, big season. Yeah. Um, man, I, if you don't have him, I would be uh, a bit worried, personally. Yeah. Um. I don't see him as an upgrade target. I probably would have started him because I have the feeling that, you know, if, you look, if you're look, looking to get him in, you know, as an upgrade target, you would be paying top dollar, like probably around this 650 mark that he's currently at at the moment. Yeah, I mean, next week they've got GWS, so we'll see how he goes. But if he, he puts in another big performance... Um, you know, if, if you didn't start with him, you might have to burn a correctional trade early just to get him in. Um, yeah. It looks like, yeah, he's set for a big season. That's probably not um, – you probably won't have to do that for Josh Kennedy yeah. as they've got Hawthorne. So I'm not really expecting another 180 or anyone to really jump on him. But Dangerfield's probably the uh, number one man for people to jump on early. Yeah. Or, or perhaps the uh, next man on the list, at, uh, Lukey Parker yeah. with a big 161. Yeah, um, he's a bit cheaper. So, you know, if you did have a primo that you're not too happy with in your midfield, but before I say anything else as a disclaimer, I would recommend that you stick with your primos early and don't make any rush trades because um, if you had someone like uh, Tom Rockliffe or Scott Pendlebury who didn't do as well as you would have liked, um, they're going to come good. They're They've shown year after year that they can average 110 plus. So I think you're just wasting a trade by getting into a by trading him to another guy with similar scoring potential. Yeah, certainly. I think people with Pendlebury don't panic. Uh, Collingwood shouldn't. I'm saying shouldn't. I really hope we don't get pumped by 80 plus points every single week. Uh, that's you know obviously going to have an, somewhat of an effect on Pendlebury's scoring and he. Didn't get the worst score of the round out of the big midfielders, yeah. <coughs> five. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, he's going to come good. We've got uh, an easier draw coming up, but when I say easier, everything's hard when you're on near the bottom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully, he doesn't stay that that like that for too long. But yeah. he he definitely will come good. Um. Yeah. So, uh, going through those uh, gun scores that we've had this round, we've had Matt Prittis with 159. If you if you have him, good. But I wouldn't be, you know, using a sideways trade to get him in. Um, however, someone who I would be, I would move heaven and earth to get into my side if you don't have him, um, would be Gary Ablett. I think he is underpriced, and I think that 139 is something that we'll see almost week in, week out with uh, the great man himself. Yeah, he, he looks um, fit as ever, and next week will be a great test against Fremantle. Uh, for Gaz, if he pops out another big score, then you just know he's going to pop it out against anybody. I mean, it is hard to... What, what, he did score well against Essendon, so it's not like he uh, actually had to play a high-quality opposition. Yeah. But, yeah, next week, if he does another big score, then I would seriously uh, consider, again, a would say a corrective trade, um, yeah. but not at the, not again uh, for someone like Pendlebury. Yeah. Um, I think that game also is a good uh, um, audition for Fife and Barlow in your teams. Um, yeah, yeah, huge, even Aaron Hall. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you don't, if you have Fife and Barlow, um, just stick with them because they're going to come good. I mean, Barlow, he, what were his stats like, Peter, um, for the game? He attended quite a few centre bounces, played a lot of midfield. Um, he, he was actually... Not too bad, like dream team wise. I think um, he he got a bit of the ball, but he used it so badly. It was actually extremely frustrating to watch. He would just get the ball. I'm pretty sure he was doing it on purpose to piss me off. I um, was kicking it straight to the opposition. Yeah. So many times it. I mean, look. It, I, hopefully he can't do worse, but yeah. um, let's just say the pressure was on them and they choked. So hopefully they don't get themselves in that situation many times throughout the season, which yeah. I don't think they will, and uh, he, he'll come good. But for someone like Fife, um, he was missing Aaron Sandilands, the monster, in the centre, yeah. um, tapping it down his throat the whole day. So I think that combination of um, Sandilands to Fife was one of the um, most common ruck hit-out-to-midfielder uh, combination through last season. Yeah. And that's just a lot of points for Fife. I yeah. mean, he probably... Probably missed out on a good 40, 50 points just from getting it tapped straight to him yeah. at every centre bounce. So, you know, Sandilands is back next week. So, given Fife should play, hopefully yeah. he does play, and um, we'll get to see what he's actually, his true potential is. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, hit outs, um, I think someone who monstered, had a monster game in the ruck was Nick Nat Newey. Um, he scored 153 against the Lions and against Stefan Martin, who's not a bad ruckman himself. Yeah, why do you think that happened? I'm not too sure. I think the quality of the West Coast midfield as well. I think Prittis was on his game. And Nick Natnui and Matthew Prittis, they work pretty well as a cohesive unit. I think they they were just a class above Stefan Martin and the Brisbane midfield. I think... Nick Nat could have gone even bigger. I think uh, there was a time where Stefan Martin was trying to <laughs> get the ball from Nick Nat Nui's hit-outs. Yeah. Um, 
which could be minus points for Nat Nui, but he yeah. still ends up with a monster score. So yeah. it's actually scary yeah. how, how good this guy could be. Yeah. Super coach wise. Yeah. Um, I think with uh, Ruckman as well, team structure wise, if you've got one of Goldstein, Martin, Gorn, or Nat Nui, I think if you've got two of those four, I think you're set for a good season. Yeah, definitely. There, there weren't um, particular standouts from Ruckman outside that, except for perhaps Tom Hickey, he, but I don't yeah. think anyone yeah. really going to pick Tom, Tom Hickey. Hickey. He's not going to. He's not going to get you anywhere near a hundred again. Um, I think. <laughs> I yeah, he might come up with a few hundreds here or there, but I think the uh, St Kilda Port game was um, an anomaly for Tom Hickey. Yeah, there was something like 90-something stoppages. So both yeah. Ruckman got above 40 hitouts, which yeah. is pretty rare. Yeah. And Loby, I mean, he still got 40 hitouts, but only a score of like 82. Eight, so yeah. he, he didn't really um, shine even with that amount of hitouts. So I think, um, yeah, it was probably a bit of an outlier for Tom Hickey. Yeah, yeah. So I think for both Loby and Hickey, I think probably if you have them, you might want to stick with them. But... Uh, I'd be looking to get one of those big four Ruckman in uh, at some point during the season. Yep, definitely. Um, and a, another one in the defence who had a monster preseason and he's backed it up with his round one score is uh, Jason Johannesson. Um, he scored 130 against Frio. Um, would you be moving heaven and earth to get him in, Peter? Jason Johannesson is a very interesting... Uh... Pick. I think he did have a monster preseason. He plays, I think, the next seven games at Etihad Stadium. Um, he he was everywhere. I mean, he, he looked unreal. But I'm not sure people or teams are going to give him the freedom that uh, Fremantle allowed. Yeah. But then again, they they looked almost unbeatable at Etihad. And with the next seven games, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to pump out, you know, seven big tons. Um. Would I move heaven enough to get him? No, but would I if one, if I've got an underperforming primo that I'm desperately want out of my team? Yeah, I I would in the backline. He yeah. was probably the first person I'd look at. Yeah, um, I tend to agree. Uh, so if I had seedsman, oh, I'd be probably looking to move him on. Um, if I had oh, if I had K. Collard Jasney, he didn't play, and if you didn't make it to your uh, team in time to trade him out before lockout. Johannesson looks to be a good pick to move him on to. Um, who else in the defence? Maybe someone like McMillan. I don't know how many people picked him, but um, yeah, some of those. I'd still um, keep Hooley if you had him, even though he put in a poor performance. Yeah. But yeah, Hooley. Um, yeah, it, just wanted to watch. Yeah, we'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, I think after a couple of weeks, you might want to think about uh, having Johannesson as your first upgrade target. He seems to be performing like uh, Liam Picken did last year. Um, he flew under the radar a bit, but afterwards turned out to be a solid selection. Yeah, with that haircut as well, he kind of yeah. looks like Nathan Eagleton, so that has to be a positive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last real... Good defender for us to, was Daniel Rich. Now, I'm going to have to vent here um, as a Lions fan and as a Daniel Rich owner. Um, 
His first quarter and a bit was absolutely appalling, and he almost gave me a heart attack. Um, luckily, he had a monster second half, and he got to 104, but if I see anything like that from Daniel Rich again, I will be pulling my hair out, and I don't think you'll see me on this podcast again. <laughs> You'll probably be looking a bit like Johannesson. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly will be. Um, now, a couple of other guys that I need to vent about. Um, Toby Green. Um, he's in uh, quite a few teams. I think he is about 15% of teams. Um, he was playing in the forward pocket today, I mean, on um, on Saturday, and that worried me a lot. Um, do you have him, Peter? I don't have him, but I would definitely be worried if I did have him. He did not seem to get any of that promised Trelaw mid-time. Yeah. He got stuck up front. Um, it, it is definitely worrying. Very, very, very concerning. I mean... You're going to have to keep an eye on him for the next couple of weeks yeah. and see where his role is, unless Aaron Hall blitzes it against Fremantle. Yeah. He might actually just be a must-have. I mean, a 129 and a pretty much a best-on-ground performance um, yeah. is huge in the forward line, not even as a midfielder. Yeah. Um, so if he can do that against Frio and pop out another 100, you know, Toby Green, Aaron Hall, it's a bit sideways, hate to burn trades early, but... but you know, if it's yeah. good net you, 100 yeah, points in the next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be losing, you know, close to 200 points, you know, in the space of a month. So I think it might be a trade that I am I might have to consider. Um, other premiums that did well in the forward line, um, uh, Chad Wingard, uh, he, he's a star, isn't he? Yeah, he's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I, he was probably my first choice. As soon as I uh, saw the GWS game, um, I was thinking, I was thinking either Zorko, Wingard or Aaron Hall. Um, obviously we haven't seen Zorko yet because of his suspension, but after seeing Chad Wingard play against, uh, St Kilda, I'm thinking, oh, I really want this guy in my team. It's understandable. He definitely put in a special performance and looked. He even played a bit through the midfield at times, yeah. um, and still kicked quite a few goals, which was definitely something that you'd love as an owner. Yeah. Um, I do think that people should strongly consider another guy in the forward line, uh, Jack Gunston. He scored 127. Yeah. Is quite unique. Only in 4.9% of the teams. Yeah. Now he scored 127. Um, from what fifteen touches, yeah, 15 and only three goals. Three goals. He had six tackles in there as well. Um, so he definitely uh, showed that he wants to win the ball. Yeah, he put in, put in a great performance. I think in nine score involvements as well. Yeah. and they lost. You know, yeah. they got they got beaten by five goals. So, you know, they do play West Coast next up. So <laughs> that's a pretty tough gig to have. Um, but definitely one to keep an eye on. If you can pop out another ton in. What, I'm going to make an assumption that it's going to be a tight, close game or that they'll lose. Um, if he can put in another good score, then definitely one to watch. I mean, if you're scoring scoring like this in losses, I mean, how well do you think he can score when yeah. they just start winning games? Yeah, uh, definitely uh, um, a high ceiling with his uh, goal-scoring capabilities. Um, he's priced at 
thousand, so that's around the same price as uh, your Chad Wingards and your Dane Zorkos. I think Dane Zorkos about uh, five fifty. But um, yeah, like uh, as a cheeky point of difference, Jack Gunston is a good pick. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um. So uh, moving on. Um, what did you think of Brad Crouch's game, Peter? I know you have him. I actually was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it's probably hard to hear where he only popped to 72. Yeah. Um, but he actually attended 21 centre bounces, which was the equal second most with Rory Sloan. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that he actually he displaced his brother, who only attended 14 yeah. centre bounces. Uh, so they certainly rate him highly just to pop him in the, the square so many yeah. times. And... You know, it, it looks like a man who hadn't played AFL footy in a while with yeah. seven clangers. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll get... He gave a, yeah, he'll get rid of that. Yeah, he gave away a 50-metre penalty, which is a big minus, and he also reversed a free kick. So yeah. not only are you losing points there, you're also not gaining from his inside 50 kick that he was going to do. Um, so you hope he wouldn't do that every game. So, you yeah. know, you've got seven clangers and you've got some big minuses instead of the usual... Yeah. Like minus four or five for a clang, even minus eight point five or nine yeah. or something like that for minus fifty. So he could have really been up close towards a hundred mark. I think it's a perfect game for him because people will jump off him, um, thinking that he was rubbish because he got seventy two. But he was actually the score doesn't really perfectly reflect yeah. um, how he went. Yeah, um, I think another thing to note is that um, at his price, he's still going to make you money even if he scores you, you know, seventy five eighty every week. Um, obviously it will be a slow burn and it's probably not what you expected when you brought him into your team, but he's still going to make you cash. And if you still, and if you're not comfortable having him around finals time, you can easily upgrade to a Uber premium midfielder. Yeah. I don't think he'll be in my side anywhere up until near the finals time. I'll probably ditch him if someone, if a super primo has a bad game, a stinker or two. Yeah. Um, which one of them will, but he's definitely he could trade in the buys, perhaps get rid of him then. Um, I think he'll be a good pick long term. Just a slow start for him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll have a look at a few rookies now. Um, I think we'll just talk about the Essendon rookies: um, Matty D, Mitch Brown, and uh, Anthony McDonald, Tipping Woody. Yeah, it wasn't a pretty performance at all. What do you reckon? Mm. Yeah, look, I think if you've got them, you got to stick with them. Um, Matty D, 61. I think uh, he promises a lot more. I think you might get a few tons in there somewhere. Um, and at 183K, you can't go too wrong because he'll, st- he'll still make you money. Um, but I think with Mitch Brown and Anthony McDonald tipping Woody, God, I love saying his name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think these are guys that, you know, if you're chasing early points um, for your overall, I don't think you can afford to have these guys on your field. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I think I think maybe one of them on your field, but look, I, I've had two on my field and it was painful. Yeah. It was yeah physically painful to see two such poor scores on my field. I guess I can't really be too upset with a 60, but yeah. getting a 50 and a 40... Yeah. Like, you know, if, if you have all of them on your field, you're in a world of trouble. Yeah, that hurts a lot. And keep in mind, I've got Marcus Adams on my field. He scored an 82, but he's not going to keep scoring those either. 
so I think structurally, you don't want to be having both of Brown and Tipping Woody on your field because um, you'll be putting up with 40s and 50s all the way up through to the buys. Um, I think as a corrective, you might want to think about, if you don't already have him like me, get Jacob Weedering in or as another um, player around his price, Caleb Marchbank. Uh, you seem to be interested in this pick, Peter. Yeah, he, he's priced nicely, uh, 215000 and he scored a 93, which is uh, pretty promising. Yeah. Um, job security issues are there, but look, if he's going to keep, if he performs how well he performs the other day, yeah. um, hey, 93 is not too bad yeah. for a 215000 yeah. rookie, I guess. I'd prefer Weedering just because of job security, but I don't know if you want to be alternative, then, um, yeah, yeah, he's a hipster pick. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so uh, we'll look at the Sydney boys now. Um, Papley and Hewitt, they played amazingly well on Saturday night against your boys, Peter. Um, Do you reckon they will stay in the team? I think that Hewitt performed extremely well and it would be hard to see Hewitt dropped. Yeah. Um, Papley, as you said, played out of this, out of his skin. He, he was unreal. Yeah. Um, but there is more pressure on his spot with McGlynn to return. Yeah. I think Papley, he, he kicked three goals and he was wonderful. Yeah. But it needs, he's got now some credit in the bank. But if he has a couple of poor performances, I'm not entirely certain his job security is still there. Yeah. Um, if he can back it up this week against Carlton, which you know he really should, yeah. um, if kick a couple of goals, he could be in there for quite a while and um, hopefully make your teams quite a bit of cash. Yeah, um, yeah, I was really impressed with the Papley and Hewitt's game, and I don't have either of them at the moment, so I'll be looking to bring one of them in, um, probably. Just before their third game, I want to see if they can put in, not only put in, back up their performances against Collingwood, against Carlton, um, but also if they can uh, hold their spot because we've also got McVeigh to come in and Sam Reid, who probably not the same role, but, you know, their spots are under threat by these senior players. Yeah, definitely, and I'm not really sure who's going to make way for Reed when he does come in. He's, yeah. as you said, he is a tall, and it could be anyone. I mean, there is, luckily there is uh, quite a few other rookies. Um, Daniel Robinson yeah. is in there, so they might not lose their spot, but yeah. it's not a sure thing. So it is a little worrying yeah. to yeah. use a corrective trade on someone, get them in just for them to be dropped the next round. That would be yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, I think the thing with rookies is you got to wait till they till they get named for their third game before you can really start saying, "Oh crap, I need to pick this guy." Yeah, team. I definitely wouldn't wouldn't get him in after one game. Yeah, um, uh, rookies that did do well for us this weekend. Um, ben Kennedy, oh, absolutely brilliant with one hundred and fifteen. Unfortunately for me, he was stuck on my bench. Um, Sam Kerridge did well with an eighty six. Uh, Connor Manager did well uh, with an 80. Um, and we have Clayton Oliver, who also put in a promising showing for 75. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Um, hopefully he can hold his spot on that side. It's going to be pretty tough with 
Trengrove to come in, Petrarca yeah. to come in, and Brayshaw to come in. Yeah. Someone has to make way for those players. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'd think they're definitely best 22, so yeah. who makes way? I yeah. don't know. Is it going to be Oliver? It could be. Um, I wouldn't be jumping out of my skin to put him into my team, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, and speaking of uh, uh, Trengrove and Petrarca, they, are, they would be excellent downgrade targets if, you know, they, if they'd be playing their third game around round six or seven. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want. That would be perfect. That would be, Let's hope for that. <laughs> in an ideal world, that would be that would be the scenario. Um, uh, trades this week, Peter? Potential trades this week? I'm probably not looking at trading anybody. Um, depends on how Mitch Robertson pulls up. They uh, haven't released any word on him as yet. If, if I had to trade him, it's probably going to be either for Johannesson via DPP, yeah. or potentially one of Wingard, Gunston type players. Um, one of those two things. Not not too sure, yeah. but definitely looking forward to it. The options are there. What about yourself? See, the thing is, I've got 112k in the bank, so I've got money to burn, and it will probably be used to get um, rookies in. Um, I'll probably be getting uh, Hartley out of my side and bringing in Jacob Wiedering. Um, as for the Sydney boys, uh, I'd be I'd probably have to wait a bit, um, wait till their third game before I get Brett McCaffrey out of my side. I'll just let him slow burn for a bit, um, see what happens. So it's pretty much a watch this space scenario for me. And what are your thoughts on uh, Jay Gresham scoring forty four? Ooh, well, thing is, you can't have him on your field. Um, uh, I think his his being uh, hidden in a forward pocket. I don't think his body's ready to play in the midfield, um, but the coaches love him at St Kilda, so he'll his job security is there, and from a super coach's perspective, um, he's a pretty good option to just have sitting on your bench, slowly making you money, but um, apart from that, I wouldn't be, you know, uh, using trades to get him in. It's not that urgent of a uh, issue to get Jay Gresham into your side. Yeah, I wouldn't think people should uh, necessarily trade him out either yeah. unless you're desperate to get in a Hewitt who, if he dominates next week or something like that, yeah. um, probably stick with him until he gets <laughs> dropped. But unfortunately for us owners, he didn't look like the big ball winner that we had hoped. Yeah. He gathered nine touches and um, played forward a lot of the game. So it was a little bit worrying, but not much we can do about it now. We'll have to wait and see on him. Yeah. Um, so would that just about wrap it up uh, for this week, Peter? Close, but no cigar, sorry, oh. to uh, get you a bit excited. Oh. There is uh, one more thing I'd like to take people through. Yeah. Um, I think everyone should be aware of the team that came 12th overall for yes. this round. Yes. Their team name is called Double Letter Names by Sheridan. If you haven't viewed this team, I would recommend it. Um. They literally picked all primos that have double letters in their names, and they scored 2,497. Oh, I should have done that. <laughs> it, solid tactic. Um, I don't think it's ever failed before, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're going to win as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some inspired picks, like Jamie Bennell. Yeah. Um, he's got two double letters, so I think he gets bonus points for that. Yeah. And he got an 89, which was... Solid. Yeah, just an inspired pick. Yeah. Um, 
it's so funny. Some of these picks, he's got Andrew Phillips in the ruck, the oh. big double L in there. Yeah. With a 61. Um, Eddie Betts with Did a 79. Josh J. Kennedy, though. Um, big 180. I think that was the uh, pick of the pick of the round. Definitely. Um, yeah, jo- Johannesson with the double double N's is in there. Um, he's got Ablett Hanabry. That's yeah. got a nice double N. Prittis, Rockliffe, Cripps. Um, it's so funny. Yeah. He he's he's done well. This this person yeah. deserves um top of the rounds, and hopefully we can keep an eye on him and yeah see him at the top for a bit longer. Yeah. And if you are listening, by the way, uh, please uh, inbox the page if this is your team. We'd love to hear <laughs> yeah, from we we would love to hear from you. Yeah. That's definitely um, something to keep an eye on in the future. Uh, that's um, that's it for this week, folks. Good luck f- with your trades and have a lovely week. Yeah. And don't forget to listen to podcasts that should be out on Thursday um, or Friday yep. um, regarding next week's teams after they've been named and a little bit of uh, some talk for the upcoming rounds.